you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. And welcome to episode 38 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and its community. Wherever you are and whenever you're listening, we thank you as always for making us a part of your weekly Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about the upcoming update to the game on Tuesday, October 18th, regarding changes to the maximum light updates to the loot light, and if these changes are enough, we're also going to be comparing the game to World of Warcraft as we discuss the future of the game and the possibility that Destiny 2 will ditch everything. Make sure you guys are listening to the other podcasts here on the Mashos Button Network at www.mashdosebuttons.com and get involved with InOrbit by sending us questions at inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, make sure to rate, subscribe, and comment us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, and Pocket Cast. If you're an RSS feed person, our RSS feed is available on www.mashosbuttons.com slash in-orbit. So let's go ahead and jump into the news of the week, the weekly update. This October 18th, Corresponding with the release of Heroic Mode for Wrath of the Machine, your maximum light will be increased to 400. So what does this mean? Many of the resources that we use to level our characters up, such as strikes, uh, the chest at the end of the strikes with the skeleton key, nightfalls, exotic engrams, trials of Osiris bounties, and lighthouse chest rewards, Crucible end of game rewards and Iron Banner will now provide rewards up to 400 light. Thank goodness. Archon's Forge, however, the Siva Strike playlist, the heroic Siva Strike playlist, and boss rare blue eng- rewards, as well as legendary purple engram decryption, will only provide rewards up to 385 light. Blue engram decryption and the Siva Strike playlist will now provide rewards up to 365 light and the recommended light for the activities will remain the same with the exception of the nightfall which is getting a bump up to 380. So let's go ahead and just discuss about this part first because the next part I kind of want to go into a little bit more detail but let's talk about the reward system about how they're going up to 400 light. Now you David you have a lot of experience with World of Warcraft. How did reward, I know that previously the max light stuff, or in this case, the max gear items that you could only get would be from raids. Eventually they changed it so you can get it from dungeons and other stuff. But 
how frequent was the loot with regards to dungeons that got you higher gear light stuff that was kind of comparable to the raid? Well, um, I don't have a lot of experience with World of Warcraft per se. I, I just you have played. More than I, I, have, do. I have more than you do. <laughs> I played for a, a few months with a couple of my friends, and um, the loot in that game was very much like anytime you completed something. At least for when I played, because I I never actually made it all the way to max level and like got to the raids and stuff when I played it because um, I've always been a very console gamer. So when I did play it, it was during it was actually during a Destiny break, so it was pretty recent. But um, it was very much anytime I completed something, I got a reward that I felt like helped me, and that could have just been because I was on my way to the max end game. But um, one of my friends, uh, Evan, he's very into the game and he has always talked about how anytime you do it, like you always are getting rewards and it always feels like the stuff is benefiting you by doing in-game content. He um, hasn't played Destiny that much. He's played it uh, probably like, I mean, he's max, he's gotten himself probably a couple days playtime, which I mean, relative to us is not anything at all, but he always complains about how the end game of destiny is nothing compared to wow because it um you you're basically repeating the same activity over and over and it never really feels like you're getting the loot and stuff so wow is one of those games um similar to diablo where you are always feeling like you're getting something rewarding and my time playing especially like Every single time I, I did something and did a good activity or a quest or something, I got a new weapon or a new piece of armor. And I was like, oh, this has something I that I don't have. So now I can either look different or uh, have a new ability. And stuff like that is obviously, as we've mentioned, kind of missing from the, the end game part of Destiny's rewards. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I'm looking at the strike playlist, I can appreciate the blue engrams somewhat uh, as in the blue drops that you get not so much the engrams themselves but it seems it always seemed weird to me that they were blue and the reason i say that is they're supposed to be reaching that area to get you to the minimum light to get to say the raid or whatever and yet a lot of this stuff is common decryption common stuff that kind of you know i don't know seemed weird if anything I would prefer there to be specific loot that drops from strikes that you could infuse later on or you could use later on things that are useful to you as opposed to the way it is right now because the way it is right now kind of doesn't really doesn't encourage you to really get to raid raid level ready and I don't know if you've heard or anybody who's listening to the show has heard the previous um, Kotaku split screen where they were talking about Destiny, um, the Wrath of the Machine raid. They basically stated that the whole system doesn't really give you an indication of how to get to max light or how to get to raid ready, which is a shame because as you and I have described on the show, the raid is absolutely fantastic. It's it's one of the best things in Destiny right now. And if you're doing yourself a disservice by not in partaking of it, if you haven't taken the steps to get into the raid. Um, 
the strikes themselves too. I, 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 they're they're it's fun to do a strike every so often, but when it's gotten to the point where you have to just grind it and grind it and grind it, you're just kind of like, really, like, what's the point? Like, why aren't you giving us other options? At at a certain point, with the amount of strikes that there are, I mean, let's just go over them real quick. Bear with you one second. I actually wrote them down. So, in Destiny right now, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 strikes. And that's if you're on PlayStation. Alright, we got the Devils, well, technically 16 if you count the remakes. So you got the Devil's Lair, a.k.a. Sepex Perfected. You have the Summoning Pits or the Abomination Heist, whichever one you're, you're doing. You have the Nexus, which you kind of have to remove that one now because it's, it never comes up. You have Winter's Run, which does have a Taken version. You have the Cerberus Vase Strike. You have the Dust Palace, Will of Crota, Undying Mine, Shadow Thief, Shield Brothers, Sun LaSalle, Echo Chamber, Blighted Chalice, and the Wretched Eye. Which, if this was an actual DLC and you had that many strikes, that'd be fine. But for example, you, you do World of Warcraft, anytime you do, you get an update or something, or um, not an update, I should say a, a big DLC pack, you're getting tons of dungeons. And... and I'm not saying that every single strike needs to have an end boss kind of like Malak or uh, Ballast to Arc. But if anything, the raid has taught us that maybe an unorthodox end boss or whatever is the best way to go. Think of it like, for example, let's say that they introduce a new strike in a couple weeks. And it had no actual boss. The boss encounter was a whole bunch of fallen walkers that are, they're like, I don't know, the story of the strike is that the remaining devil splicers are putting together a final offensive to take on the city, and your job is to stop them. And you're going from area to area stopping these hordes of enemies and dropships and, and at the end, fallen tankers, and you finally get... Uh, the final air to the final area, and you just have all these tankers going after you. Like that would be good enough for me. I don't know about you, but I would personally be excited of going into this battle where you're going up against a couple barons and their fallen tankers. It it just seems like th there's missed opportunities because they have so few strikes, and that's a detriment to the game itself. Yeah. Um. One thing that I've always felt with this game is not necessarily um well it, it comes from the strikes too basically strikes are supposed to be um basically in-game content like not necessarily like not the raid but they're what you're supposed to do after the story and stuff and strikes have always just kind of felt easy and something you just kind of go do like literally you can just sit there and mindlessly do strikes Versus like the heroic strike playlist now where you kind of have to pay attention a little bit because of some of the modifiers. But I agree that strikes like there's not that many and it, the rewards coming out of them just blues. Like why? Like why do I have to do strikes to just get blues over and over and over again? 
And um, part of that could be just like they want us to get weapon parts and armor materials, but yeah, there's there's something wrong with strikes. And you know, one thing I wanted to say about the raid and the the leveling up, which you were kind of touching on at first, um, I feel that Destiny kind of had it right at the beginning, and I know people are going to be mad about that, but in the Forever Twenty Nine era, like Destiny had this feel where the raid was what you were supposed to do for end game, and now you can just basically do strikes because you'll get um rewards from the chests and you can just open engrams and that can get you all the way to 400 light and i feel like that system that we currently have kind of takes away from the end game because now the end game doesn't mean as much if you had um iron banner trials the raid or even just trials and the raid which i'd be perfectly okay with as the only ways to get to max light then you now have a developed clear in game as the way to get to max light the other thing is the raid rewards are nothing compared to how special they were in year one and i also think that's kind of an in-game problem part of yeah. the do you have something to say i was just saying yeah 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 i mean um the the thing that other mmos have is when you go into these in-game activities you're getting rewards that are unlike rewards you can get anywhere else in the game. And those rewards kind of help you dominate other players in the matter that you have an advantage because you have these things. They had that in year one and a little bit in year two with um, the primaries with uh, burns. And that was awesome to me because it, it gave you something to go get that you could get from nowhere else. It was a clear defined end game. This end game was the only way to get to max. And yeah, some people got stuck never getting to max because they couldn't find a team to do the raid with. But like there are avenues for you to go find other players to do the raid with. It may not be as put together as doing it with six of your friends, but it doesn't mean it isn't possible. You're playing this game that you have to be online to play. So going onto a computer and looking on a messenger board, not that big a deal. Now we have PlayStation communities, which have message boards for raid LFGs and stuff. Um, I'm hoping with Destiny 2, they'll have an in-game kind of LFG board. But regardless, I still feel like it's best when endgame is the only way to reach max light because then endgame actually feels like endgame. See, for, for me... I I agree with you in, in that respect. Yes, the the raid should be the only place where you get four hundred light. For me, the fact that so so the recommended light for normal mode was what three sixty five three sixty. Yeah, that's what, well. Bungie said three sixty five. When you click on it in game, it's three seventy. It says three seventy. Okay, so. Mm, for normal mode, or or be, because normal mode was 370, this is just me. I would have been okay with the strike rewards going up to 370. Reason being, it's going to get you ready for raids. Once you get to 370, that's obviously the middle point right there. And then everything that happens above that, you already know that, you know, whenever you go into a raid, 370 is the minimum light. And anything after that, you just, you, you, good luck. 
my problem is how they've been addressing normal mode and by that i mean like the 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 light kind of is weird and it's always been like that for example when we did king's fall the the recommended minimum light was 280 for normal mode i believe 280 but when you start off the enemies are 270 260 something like that and then the last room is like 300 so the, it's like a weird gap in 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 light and stuff like just start it off from the minimum light and go from there but in order to get to the raid you have to actually do things and and get rewards and get and get stuff so i don't know like like i, I they it's weird to ask this this from Bungie, but because they already shower us with a lot of loot but at this point i'm just like you know what Bungie, just open up the chest without having to have a skeleton key and make it to the minimum level of the the um or the maximum level of the the raid like the normal raid and then have you go into the raid to get higher light see my problem with that is and, and this is my thing with skeleton keys is that people are very upset right now they're like skeletons are never dropping skeleton keys are never dropping and i was like that in the first two days of the game and then i realized something these skeleton keys are the strike specific drops just like we used to get if you went and you played omnigol over and over you didn't expect to get a grasp of malik every two to three strikes you expected to wait five six seven eight strikes because it's that that strike specific loot that bungie is like hey this is essentially more more desired than raid loot right now because it's harder to get but it's basically you have to go through and you have to play over and over and over again to hopefully get the skeleton key drop which then you can go and you can choose which strike you want to get the strike specific loot from, which I think is awesome because now they've basically taken out the, well, run strikes over and over and maybe you'll get a strike specific loot. Oh, I played a bunch of strikes and I got one that I already got. Dang, that sucks. Now you can choose which one you're going to get. You can hunt a grasp or you can hunt an Imago loop, which I think was very smart on their part. But I do think that they kind of have the right idea with not giving us skeleton keys a lot just because they're keeping that loot desired and specific. On the same time though, they're now hurting their raid in my opinion because they're making these strike specific loot more desired and a little harder to get than the actual raid loot. Which because you can get to max light by not doing the raid, you could essentially never do the raid and as they've said, the raid will get easier as you get to higher light. So people were never doing the raid. And then um, we've been taking people through the raid and we take them through at 375, 380, 385 light. And they have no problem keeping up with DPS or having those experiences that we had in the first few weeks of the raid because we did it at 365. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, there's just something weird about the... the sc- it's a hard thing to balance the, the the strike specific loot because on one hand, yes, you do want it to make it special. On the other hand, you then run into the situation where you feel like you don't get rewarded. Well, he, I'm, and, I, and I'm sorry. not saying that, and I'm not saying that you need to feel like you're getting max light rewards every single time. That's not what I'm saying at all. My whole thing has always been 
as I've professed on this show many times, making sure people are high enough light to be able at the to be able to do the minimum level for the raid and then use the raid or post game activity to get you to the, to the max light. That's always been that's always been what I've worried about with loot and the current well the now current system by the time you listen to this everything will have changed most likely um but the now current system was so poorly thought out and so poorly done that it took until now with the update to 400 light to move everything forward to make it quote unquote balanced and that's not how it should have been like you you cannot do this to people you you, you cannot I, I don't know see it, 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 it just seems so 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 half thought out a lot of this stuff there's a lot of stuff where i just feel like they've taken small missteps like for example with the strikes if you're doing regular strikes yeah keep dropping two blues but why when we're doing the heroic strike can't we just drop two purples that are just random purples like you get from engrams and because you're doing the heroic you deserve a little extra reward i'm not asking for them to drop up to 400 light drop them to uh up to whatever the max legendary light is so now it will be 385 and then you now have more of a chance to get these um rolls on stuff that like you're hunting for or whatever or have like Kind of like the Crucible has specific purple guns that can randomly drop. We'll have um, some specific guns and armor that aren't the strike-specific loot, but just, you know, a certain set of guns and armor that can only drop in strikes, something like that. I mean, I know that takes more time to program into the game and develop, but it's something that they should be willing to do to kind of make these things feel better. And me personally, I, I mean, I liked it. When the light was low numbers, this whole, we're going up to 400 now. I mean, I liked it when it was up to 30 better. And yeah, it felt like you were having less progress because the grind to 320 in the Taken King, that was a real grind. That was another Forever 29 type grind because it was that hunt for that 320 ghost or that hunt for that 320 set of boots as you were doing King's Fall Raid over and over, which I don't mind because when you're in games like this when you're in these mmo style games that it is a grind if you want to be max light you have to dedicate the time and work the grind and that's something that i think a lot of people who play this game who have come from other shooters just don't realize that mmos are based on a grind and you have to be willing to put in the time it shouldn't be oh let's complain till bungie makes it easy to get to max light for us players who aren't the one percent well, in all honesty, the 1% are the only players in MMO who end up at max max level and have all the best stuff is that 1% that's willing to put in the time. And yeah, that sucks because casual gamers usually spend more time on council than on PC with MMOs. But it's a reality that if we want Destiny to be a true, awesome um, MMO style game with great endgame, that's something that they kind of have to adopt. I, I I half agree with you, and the reason I say that is, I I, I agree that certain this is going to sound elitist, but I, I I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from. I agree that if you were to do end game content, you should be the only people that do that get up to 400 light. The fact that you can do that you can do 
everything else but the raid or any endgame content and get to max light is a little disappointing. That being said, the goal has never been get to 400. The goal has always been get yourself to the level to get to the raid. And I think with regards to, especially with Trials of Osiris, the ornamentation system is a fantastic way to show, hey, I did this. I was able to do this. And me personally, I hope that when you do hard mode, that there's some sort of ornamentation with their armor. Because that, that would be kind of cool as a way to distinguish yourself from the rest of the community. Not by the light, but by your ornamentation system. Because I think that's a fantastic system. Except it's a little expensive sometimes with the silver dust. But that's beside the point. Now, that being said. To the original system in year two, the beginning of year two, that was just ridiculous. I mean, there was RNG within RNG because not only did was there a chance that you didn't get the ghost, but let's say you did get the ghost, it wasn't anywhere near use, useful, except for legendary marks. That was that that was. I don't. I don't. I don't. I didn't love the system back then. I hated it. I'm okay with there being RNG with regards to, hey, I'm not guaranteeing that you're going to get a ghost, but this is where you would need to uh, go to get the ghost in the raid. And I kind of like the smart loose system as it is now. Even though it's affected by the 400 light, the 385 to 400 light crunch that we're in right now. But the way it was previously, like, let's say you would be 319 and then all of a sudden, like, you get to the one place where you can get a ghost and it drops at 310. That was just, that was, no, I'm sorry. That, that's, that's way too much. That, that's, that's way too much RNG and that's just, mm -mm. I, I appreciate a grind in this game. I really do. I mean, I've been playing this game since vanilla, so I know all about the grind. But you can't have too much of a grind you have to offer real solutions to get to that max light because in for many people yes getting max light is an important part of their of showing off your character or showing that you're a good experienced person but you can't make it so it's like you're constantly getting 310 stuff at 319 that that was just ridiculous in year two yeah Okay, I yeah, I see your point there. I agree with that. But at the same time, um, I still just think it, it and it needs to be somewhat of a grind in order to make it tr feel like true endgame, in my opinion. And I know a right. lot of you will disagree with me, but uh, yeah, it's it's simply this the simplicity of my point can come down to there needs to be only one way, or only one path, and that is endgame. To get to the true max light and whether that be multiple raids or one raid and um, trials or just through the raids th there just needs to be a narrowed down way to get to max light and it has to be in game to make end game feel special and part of the thing thinking about it that other games have is when you're playing this in game and you're getting like i said the desired stuff that everybody wants that helps you out Yes, burns are awesome because those helped with nightfall and stuff. And I, I still don't understand why they took them out because, yeah, it made nightfall semi easy, but 
Isn't that the point of doing in-game to make the other content easier? It didn't affect PvP, which is something they're very focused on. But when you look at other games, it, the in-game actually affects PvP because the stuff you can get through in-game ends up being really good in PvP. And I know it's different with games like WoW because it's based on having um, hundreds of thousands of hit points, depending on the system, maybe hundreds if that's how the game runs it. And it's based on doing a, a bunch of different abilities over and over and running combos and running a tank, a healer, a damage dealer, even in PvP. So that they the rewards you get can be very focused on that. But I almost feel like in-game content should make you better in PvP in a way in the playlist where power matters. And perks you get on stuff should help you in power matters. And I've always been an advocate of Power should really matter when we're doing stuff like Trials and Iron Banner. That's the end game. Because right now, um, I have a friend who I run Trials with a lot, and he's not too concerned about leveling up. He's been working a lot. He doesn't have a lot of time. And he's been running with us at 345. I think he made it to like 349 light, playing a couple of tickets to Trials yesterday. But like, it hasn't really affected him that much to be that low of light, which is obnoxious to me that he's almost 50 points lower than everybody else. And the only thing that can happen to him is get one shot by the highest impact sniper. So with that, um, one other thing that we were going to talk about with regards to the loot is that artifacts and ghosts per Bungie were dropping from far fewer sources than intended. Which this statement boggles my mind. <laughs> we're, in we're dropping from fewer sources than intended. So. But you programmed where to drop from. Exactly. Just like, like they. I, I don't understand that statement. Just say that, you know, artifacts and ghosts, we, we goofed. It's like, we, we, we didn't put them in enough spots. Because fewer sources than intended means that you intended for them to be in other spots, but you never put them in. So they put those two things into Archon's Forge, and those items will drop up to 400 light. So currently with Archon's Forge, you can get artifacts, ghosts, and class items up to 400 light. But everything else, max light of 385. <laughs> I just like if you're gonna make three things max light but the other things not just sounds seems kind of weird especially when it's so hard to get the the sniper rifle and the fusion rifle it's hard tell me about it and and the not to mention everything else like it, it's so difficult to get anything from archon's forge outside of a class armor which I have plenty of that. I don't need any more. Um, the faction packages, at the rate with the, that the ghosts have been dropping have, has been increased. And likewise, the rate of artifacts from Eris faction packages have been increased. But here's the problem. It's nice that they increase the drop rates of artifacts from Eris faction packages. What are we going to do to level up Eris? Old content, or, man. Old content. Old it's just at, at this point, as I as I mentioned, Petra has bounties, Varix has bounties, Vanguard has bounties, Crucible has bounties. Eris doesn't have 
her bounties anymore outside of the one that you would get from doing the Court of Oryx. The one that pops up every so often. It's like, give her some bounties so that we can level her up and do other things. For example, find the source of darkness in, in such and such mission. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we it, it used to be a bounty where you would go into a mission, uh, find Cynix 3 in, I forget, the. it's not the library, but it's it's something similar. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yep. Where you would go kill a servitor in that mission. It's like, why doesn't Eris have the same thing where she's just like, kill the yellow bar knight in blah, blah, blah mission. Yeah, it's it's weird to me because they, the one thing they've chosen to make artifact, uh, artifacts really drop off is um, old content with no real way to progress it. And Eris has always kind of annoyed me because... To level her up, it's even more experience than the other factions, even though I'm level like 70 something and on all my characters and like Vanguard and Crucible, it's like, no, like, uh, Eris is still going to have more experience to level her up than those. So like, don't worry about that. Right. So those are the changes coming this Tuesday. There's a lot of good changes, uh, a lot of stuff that we still think needs to be worked on. And we're going to continue this discussion um, in a little bit. Um, but first off, let's go ahead and talk about what is coming to the game soon. Obviously, coming up soon, after next week's Heroic Drop, will be the Festival of, of the Loss. Now, if everybody remembers, last year Festival of the Loss came with a new PvP map. Might not have been the best map in the world in Cathedral of Dusk, but it was a new PvP map. Wait, I thought Dungeons was Festival of the Loss, and then Cathedral nope. of Dusk was... Um, nope. Are you sure? It, it was Dungeons, Crimson Days, or whatever? Dungeons came, came with King's... Uh, what, Taken King package. Oh, and I, I thought... And I remember that because I remember going on Dungeons and, and, and feeling kind of weird that we were playing in Dungeons before Taken King was even released a week before. So then we did we not get a map with Crimson Days last year? We didn't get anything with Crimson Days. Wow, Crimson Days is even more of a letdown than I thought. Yes. So Dungeons came with the Taken King. Cathedral of Dust came with um uh the Festival of the Lost. I just had it in front of me and I completely lost. I'm I'm sorry, people. I'm old. <laughs> Anyway, um, so I'm hoping that they do something like that, where there's a new PvP map or a new strike, something with that, because at a certain point, you can't. there has to be some sort of update to the game. And, and there's already so little content that a new strike or a PvP map would go a long way. Then, shortly after that, will be challenge mode, because they've already been discussing challenge mode. Uh, then we also got SRL, we got Crimson Days, which they already said is a yearly thing. Maybe there's an April update, and then who knows what comes after that. And then Destiny 2 comes out in spring, right? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they're, they're, they're pushing that out as long as they can. I, I don't expect Destiny 2. I really would be surprised if Destiny 2 came out in spring. 
I don't think it's going to. I mean, I was always the big advocate for, yay, spring release, let's hope for it. But at this point, I mean, I'm okay with it coming out in fall. I'll be very disappointed over the summer when our game is kind of dry and I'm just playing Crucible nonstop with no new in-game content, just like last year. But if it means Destiny 2 is awesome, then I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm afraid that the dry section is going to come a lot sooner than it did last year. Last year, at least we had tons of quests, tons of stuff to do. This year, not so much. And that's kind of a disappointment to me. that They haven't introduced more quests or they haven't taken the initiative to make more quests. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying everything has to have an exotic weapon or armor drop, but some sort of quest, something to get you give you information about the story that the, the 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 history of the game right now there's there's not much with regards to that one of the best things of the kvostov quest is that final part that sentimental part where the ghost is kind of like i remember when i was looking for you and blah 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 and i want to hug you if i had arms and <laughs> he doesn't say he doesn't say that but but it was a it was a cool moment and it it, it, to, me, it to me it was one of the best moments in Rise of Iron because it was a moment where you're kind of bonding with the ghost and you're kind of reminiscing about what you've gone through. Yeah, and the other thing is like kind of it kind of goes back to our first topic. Like the reason why there's always felt like there's so much more to do in the past is people were stuck on a grind to hit max light for potentially months. Now we're basically going to be at max light already. So at that point, it doesn't feel like that much. But hey, one thing I have always pushed for, and I hope one day Bungie will decide to listen to me and this podcast and be like, "You're that's a great idea, man. Like, let's do that. It's just implement a quest every two weeks, three weeks. Like, if you just give us a new quest every two or three weeks, that gives people a reason to hop back onto the game if they're away from it every two to three weeks and do a quest. Like, oh, okay, got a little more story from that. Uh, got a reward. Like, that was fun. Just keep giving us stuff. Drip feed us. Drip feeding's good. You just need a decent amount of content to drip feed. You can't drip feed no content. Yeah, like like I've I've always been an advocate for as I've told you before, giving us a strike every so often, like one or two strikes outside of the base game, and kind of make it like a mini April update. Like for example, the game comes out in September. Three months later after that is early December, almost January, there should be like an an April update, a strike and a mission. And I'm I'm not saying raise the light, but for example, give us something new, just just small content. A strike, I'm not saying that I know everything about programming or anything, but a strike can be put together pretty simply using... Uh, vocal clips and just moving enemies around it, it doesn't have to be a gigantic end game boss as i mentioned like a malak or something like that it can be uh the the rush of barons where where there's just you know a baron is leading the remnants of the devil house or something like that just something that continues the story fleshes out that story a bit because right now there's not much of that yeah, and you know, I'm 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 happy that they're bringing back these events that we've already had with Festival of the Lost and SRL and Crimson Days, and like that's awesome that they they're gonna have these things that are yearly. Like that's that's very um, 
It's it's very common in games like this. But at the same time, there are so many holes in their story that are just un unvisited endings and so many uh, random cliffhangers that I feel like we're never going to get to experience that they could just push us little bits closer to if they just gave us quests with one or two cutscenes every few weeks or even like every month or two just there's because there's so much and it just we're at this point we're in our third year of the game realistically we're not going to get destiny 2 to our fourth year of the game and they cited this game as a 10-year plan well at this point they've created cliffhangers with the queen they've created cliffhangers with Eris. they've created cliffhangers with the cabal they've created cliffhangers um, after this new campaign with what Siva is truly being controlled by, they created a cliffhanger with Rasputin. That's, I mean, that's five that I just listed, and there's many, many more they've had in the story. Orcs's sister, not to mention all the cliffhangers and potential um, story plots in the grimoire. So there is so much that we'll probably never get to experience or find out. We don't even know what the Traveler is yet, and we're pushing close to the halfway point of this game's existence and yeah it's just give us little storylines that can feed into this and help us start to figure out and piece together what's going on with these other characters i mean i know there's stuff in the grimoire about potentially what happened to the queen and her brother but i don't want it in the grimoire i want it in game i want to experience it all right so with regards to the current game, I think we touched on it a, a good amount. So, David, why don't you go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons? Yeah, uh, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. So let's go ahead and jump into the next topic, which is going to be Destiny 2. What do you believe this game needs to be in order to be a complete revolution of the series rather than evolution, such as Taken King or Rise of Iron? And what does it need to be a success? Uh, I mean... First off, it needs a lot of content. It needs to be a big game. It needs to showcase the fact that it's going to be used on next-gen hardware only and potentially PC. Uh, it needs to just have a ton of us for, for us to do. It needs to have a true in-game. There needs to be less bugs because right now there are a lot of bugs with every update. And I know that's part of game development, but... The bugs can ruin a game, so they need to make sure they're looking for them hardcore and getting it down to the point where um, the only bugs that are being found are something that is like, oh, well, uh, people played the game for a month and they figured out a cheese on the raid. Like, that's fine. That's I understand that you may not have been able to see that. Go patch it. Awesome. But the stuff where it's like, I'm trying to play the game, but there's actually a bug in the drop table, so nothing's actually dropping. And there's a bug deep in the code, so people can infinitely use Shadow Shot. And we knew about it, but we were just kind of waiting to see if people found it. That type of thing is something that I don't think you can release with Destiny 2. Um, obviously, everything that we've talked about leading up to this in this podcast, we want them to incorporate. We want uh, better loot systems. We want 
uh, better raid systems. We want an in-game to feel like in-game. We want content to be drip-fed to us. Uh, at that point, I mean, Destiny is a great game, and I don't think there's a lot necessarily wrong with it. There's just We're just picking the fine details and wanting them to fix these fine details because we play it so much. But I think Destiny 2... Um, will be a great game whether it's a true revolution or not that's my opinion i know people want it to be a completely different system I mean, jorge how do you feel on it see for me i think destiny 2 is going to be what destiny 1 was supposed to be and what i mean by that is remember if everybody remembers the old e3 demo when the guy was going through the beginning part of the cosmodrome going into the wall and when they finally got to the other side of the wall, uh, somebody dropped in in their dropship and you saw their dropship come in and then like they came in and all of a sudden there was a public event. Like, I think it's going to be more interactive like that, where you, you see them coming in, you see things happening in world. And I think it's going to be more where you're doing like there there may still be for example a director where you're going from planet to planet or location to location but instead of you selecting a mission from the director you're going to you get to go to a specific location on the map but it's not an actual mission like when you're there you see something happening you're almost getting quests almost like Witcher where where you you're going from from town to town getting quests, getting items, getting missions, and you go to said area for the mission. Where it's all, it, it, instead of breaking it up, where all of a sudden you see a countdown timer and it takes you to the end game screen, and then you have to go back and whatever, I think it's going to be more where you're doing a mission, you complete the mission, you're at the end area, and then you have to you know figure your way back or do something else to get back. Almost a nice Skyrim feel to it. Right. And and I, I I'm I'm okay with that kind of like you know what okay I completed a mission here if I want to go to orbit I can go to orbit or I can just make my way back and then go to a different area to complete another mission or find another quest or do something else. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. That would be awesome. Um, a lot of other games like this are very much based on exploring and finding quests on the go, having NPCs to talk to in the patrol worlds. Making right. patrol something that actually matters would be awesome. Making it so that you can walk to stuff is awesome. Putting towns in patrol, putting vendors in patrol, and honestly, making patrols bigger. Like, yeah, Destiny 2 has a decent amount, of, or I mean, Destiny 1 has a decent amount of patrol space because it's on five different planets or four, three planets, a moon, another spot on Stop one planet. Stop getting technical. <laughs> but uh, the Plague Lands is a planet. Yeah. We just need um, more in those patrol spaces, and then this game will grow. I agree with you on that part. Making it more interactive in that way would be awesome. Well, here's the thing about patrols. Um, as large as the worlds are that we have, they're not that large enough for what we're talking about and what was originally kind of identified in the in Destiny 1, they're not large enough to do that. Because, I mean, think about it. How, how quick are the missions sometimes? They're like five minutes, ten minutes. 
But if you were to, able to do the same mission in the same area, then I don't know. So definitely the worlds would need to be larger. And they've already hinted that there's going to be a lot more NPCs that you interact with and not just in the tower. That, that's always been one detriment to the game. It's like, okay, we're trying to reclaim the Cosmodrome or whatever, but there's not there's no actual presence of the Vanguard there. And it's always been weird to me. It's like, one of the patrol uh, beacons that you pick up, uh, I think it's kill enemies in the Dreadnought, where uh, Cade's like, show them who, who owns the Dreadnought now, Guardian. Like, okay. Definitely not the Vanguard, because there's nobody here, uh, else here but us. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I, I, I've always, like, for me, I've never understood why for example, when we completed the main story mission, that there's not more of a presence of the Vanguard in specific areas. Like, we've obviously cleaned up a lot of the Plague Lands, and now there's nobody else there but the enemies. Like, I, I never understood that. Like, the Vanguard is a large group of Guardians who are helped or bent on protecting the city, and yet we're not doing anything to reclaim that area. I, I don't know. It just seemed, seemed kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is an awesome mission in the Taken King when you first got into the Dreadnought where you had to go through and place patrol beacons. That was awesome. They didn't have us do it in the Plague Lands, which didn't really make sense to me because why did we already have patrol beacons already throughout the Plague Lands? But um, that mission was awesome. It showed kind of the Vanguard taking over. And I think one aspect of how little they've done with the Vanguard is until I really got really into this game, I didn't even know what the Vanguard was. Like and, and I just kind of looked over it because it wasn't really a part of this game, especially in the first story. There are people there that you could go talk to, but it's like, eh, who are these people? They're just giving me quests. Okay, whatever. And I think part of the patrol worlds um, that they've kind of messed up with in Destiny 1 is, yes, we have sparrows, so traveling around them, these patrol worlds is a lot faster than other games where you'd have to walk or run, and it takes a lot less time to get to one side because the plague lands is huge if you had to walk from side to side of the plague lands it would take you a pretty decent amount of time but the other thing with our patrol worlds is there's so much unused space on mars and the plague lands and earth you're going through these valleys that are pretty long valleys it takes you you know a fair amount of time 30 seconds a minute sometimes to get through them on your sparrow and there's just nothing there there's not enemies there's not uh, missions there's nothing you just go through nothing on the plague lands the plague lands is big like if you actually like look at all that it encompasses um it's bigger than the other patrol spaces especially because you can go back into parts of the cosmodrome and it's kind of a new cosmodrome area but in the actual plague lands there's only three areas that matter and the rest of them have no missions no places you can really go in them unless you just want to walk through the entrance to a strike and shoot some enemies right i, I mean one thing that that i was thinking about as you were ta uh, talking i was paying attention but um for example let's say that you're in the dreadnought and this is post oryx defeat um from the story mission and there's a presence in the beginning area of the air uh by the vanguard let's say let, let's make it so that the the area that's that is now controlled by the vanguard is where you first spawn in at the beginning of the mission. Because obviously the, the area where you're at right now has a whole bunch of cabals. So there, there's still cabal there. 
But let's say that the beginning area where you first come in in the first mission is not controlled by the Vanguard. You're starting to see Vanguard people in there. And you go in. This is this is using Destiny 2 as an example. And there's uh, there's an NPC there that, that you speak to. I have a couple people who are trying to get in additional information for, um, from the Dreadnought. They're trying to get to a specific area. Um, but there's a whole... The, the area is heavily fortified with enemies. We need the assistance of the Guardian. So you accept that mission. All of a sudden, two computer AI Guardians show up. They wave at you, and they're part of your fire team, and you'd lead them into an area um, to take back or to clear out the enemy so that they can continue their exploration. I mean, if, if anybody reads the Grimoire, there's um, a group that Shax has... I, I'm probably completely wrong in the, in the pronunciation of the name. I believe it's Skipjacks or Blackjacks, something Jack that that Lord Shax has that their job is to go into an area, investigate it, and to clear it out so that Shax has a new play area for Crucible. But it would be cool if you had, you know, like a, a mini mission where you're having these two AI guardians behind you and they're they're... They're following you because you are the guardian, and you have, uh, you've, you know, done all this stuff, and and you're the best person to clear out the enemies to help them uh, explore another part of the dreadnought to have under full vanguard control. And like any time you complete a mission, it affects the world. Um, another area where the vanguard can control. Another area where you're putting your stamp on on this place. Just, just things that that change the area around you, um, because it. I mean, this would. This is me thinking out out loud, but one of the things that was cool about taking King was seeing all these catches that the Queen had under control. The catches are very clearly fallen technology, but all of a sudden the Queen has full control of an entire fleet of catches. Like it'd be cool if in Destiny Two. The Vanguard took full control of the Dreadnought, and now the the Dreadnought has been changed into a Vanguard ship of some sort. And that would be the new tower, the, the new rechristened tower, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and um, just kind of adding on, it's basically an example, to go back to it again, would be Skyrim. Because as you're playing through the Skyrim story, you choose to either be Imperial or work with the Nords, right? Yeah, saying that right? And um, as you play through the game and go to different towns and conquer through the story and take over towns, the whichever side you chose takes over that town. And now there's new people in the town based on that faction that you went with, which is something they could possibly add a little bit. I mean, if they added towns especially. But um, one other thing I want to make clear is we're talking a lot about patrols for Destiny 2. And that's because that's one thing that we see that there needs to be a lot of change in. But it isn't the only thing that we think they will bring change in. Um, it's just we don't have the seven hours right now to talk about it on this podcast. So we'll definitely right. have to re revisit this and talk more about um, individual parts of other things we we think could change or should change in Destiny 2. Absolutely. So with that, let's go ahead and take a left turn and go to Crucible Corner. David's own little section where we talk about Crucible, Trials of Osiris, and anything that is popping up into our heads with regards to Crucible. So, David, this week is Twilight Gap. 
Uh, you want to go ahead and talk about it a little bit with regards to Trials of Osiris? Yeah. Um, Twilight Gap is is not a bad map for Trials. Um, I personally have struggled over time finding certain play styles from uh, the outside spawn on this map. The inside spawn, um, I generally have down, but I do with all the teams I play with, um, which isn't a bad thing to not have a set play style from one side. Um, set play styles make you predictable. But um, it's been a rough weekend for me again. Um, I seem to have fallen into the 8 and one um, spectrum of things lately, which uh, I'm going to break that habit and then start going flawless with ease soon. Yeah, it's going to happen. I promise. <laughs> no, he's not. Anyway, um, so the way that the, the, it, it's a very weird map. Um, with regards to something like control or at least in my opinion it's always been a weird map with regards to control or something with an objective um, where you have to go to a specific area and the reason i say that is because it does tend to favor certain certain locations now with regards to the the point for the the overtime it's located in the box area outside of the party room, which is easily accessible if you spawn on the C side. If you spawn on the A side, you're kind of at a disadvantage because by the time you get there, the people have already set up shop at or around the boxes. It's not to say that, it, that it, it's easy to defend, but if you're already in a specific area, you already have the advantage. And when you're spawned out in the back A spot, there's kind of a it, it's it's there's a lot of stuff that can happen that 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 prevents you from being able to capture that spot because of maps like this i've almost i'm 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 thinking that trials of osiris almost needs to have its own set of maps oh i'd love that, that, that are, so much that that way you, you i'm not saying that, that, that how do i put this I've always thought that Trials of Osiris was weird in that they used stuff like like Twilight Gap or other maps that we are already familiar with rather than its own set of maps. It, 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 you're almost going back to the argument of, for example, uh, Super Smash Brothers, where everybody fights on Final Destination because it's an even playing field. Hyrule Temple, and, man. Uh, no. If anything, this is like a miniature version of Hyrule Temple, okay? <laughs> You you got your own small area over here where everybody fights in the party room directly in the middle lower left area. Yeah, that that party room from from Twilight Gap is is the center room. Yeah, that that's that lower area in the middle left. And then you got the far wide on the right side the giant gigantic wide open area which is the back A spot. Yeah, I can't believe I'm using Hyrule Temple to describe Twilight Gap. This You're is welcome. Really, really this is sad. This is really really sad. I hate you. Anyway, um, I, I, I just, I, I, I'm almost at the po point where I, I think that it'd be cool for try because it also doesn't fit with the whole thing of, of Osiris, like it, 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 like Twilight Gap. What does that have to really do with Osiris? And I'm not saying that that everything has to fit and and make complete sense. Like it never made sense to me why. Lord Shax is announcing four trials of Osiris. That's 
very clearly something outside of the Vanguard and the and the Crucible. Yeah, why isn't Brother Vance announcing? <laughs> Trials of Osiris Guardian Alpha Team. <laughs> yeah, it would I'm be. It, to... it could be kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Double kill, three opponents down. Oh. No, I I agree with you though. Like, I, I, like imagine how cool it would be if there was essentially a Trials Arena. And it was just four or five maps. And um, from every single map, you could see the lighthouse. Now, wouldn't that be awesome? They were all based on... I, I know it would be very like, oh, this is this is bland. We're always playing on Mercury. Come on. But come on. If we are all... They are all on Mercury in every single one. You could look up and see the lighthouse. That's where I'm trying to go to. And, and then you wouldn't have to have a set map each week. Because you could just have these five maps that would just rotate through each week, right? Come on, be awesome. I, I'm I'm actually in agreement with you. Like like I, I I this is just me personally. I would like there to be a specific Trials of Osiris arena. It it adds mystique. It adds intrigue to the whole thing. If it was Vex architecture and then actual, I mean, this is me. It'd be cool to see some sort of like Egyptian like statues like robotic Egyptian statues that are popping up all on, on the sides that, that add to that Egyptian-like flair of Osiris, yeah. like an Egyptian Vex mesh. Like, that'd be very cool. Um, it, I, the way it is right now that, that they're using, for example, Twilight Gap and stuff, I'm not saying it's terrible, but there are better options. And this is probably stuff that we can't really go into right now or, or isn't an option right now. It's more of an option for Destiny 2. I just I just think that when you have something set and something more focused on, okay, this is the set map for, say, Trials of Osiris, or or these are this is one of five maps that you have for Trials of Osiris. Each map has a little bit different things going on with it, but it's balanced, and you already know where the center point is. It's in the center of the map. Yeah, and I understand that it's very hard for them to make maps. So we're not saying like, oh, they need to just create these maps right now and throw them out. We understand that it takes a lot of time to make maps, a lot of resources, and it would be a lot of work for them. But at the same time, Destiny is now in its third year. One of the most successful things that's come out of Destiny is Trials of Osiris. People love it. People come back to this game on the weekend just for it. Some people only play this game during Trials of Osiris at this point. And... You know this. You know it's a great game mode. They did an awesome job with this game mode. They know how it plays, and they know what people like in maps. So why not take the time to have a specific team develop these maps for Destiny 2, balance these maps solely around Trials of Osiris. That way you don't end up with these maps where we're like, oh, this map's kind of awkward. It's uneven for Trials. No, you never have that. Because another thing with Twilight Gap, which um, I forgot to mention originally, but it's my one real real like irk with the map is the a side outside spawn is bottom ground versus the high ground just like um on like maps like blind watch and maps in pvp it doesn't happen as much because you can jump up onto catwalks and railings from a side but when you're playing low ground versus high ground you're always at a disadvantage when you're going into party room upstairs or into the room next to party room up the stairs if the other team rushes from seaside spawn they can get into the position where they're looking down at you as you're coming up those stairs before you can get to the stairs 
And it is never good for PvP when you have low ground versus high ground because, as we learned from Star Wars, the high ground always wins. I'm really sad that you went there with Star Wars. But anyway, um, yeah, with regards to Twilight Gap, there's just certain things that, or certain game modes that play well with this. It's, it's, It's a fun map for stuff such as Supremacy or for Clash. Control, I've always, I've never been a fan of that map for Control. And elimination less so because for elimination, it's all about getting to, I mean, let's say skill is even. Then the the big thing is to make sure that you're maintaining control over the area where the, the flag will spawn. And then it just becomes camp best. And, and with it, with something like Twilight Gap, I, there's just no balance there. There's, it's impossible to balance. So, I'm not a fan of this map for elimination. There's, there's, there's a lot of opportunities and options with this, which is really cool. For example, the catwalk, the B side, uh, the crossbars where you're jumping up from the A side, looking over to C. There's a lot of cool stuff going on with this map. I just, I personally don't believe it fits well with the elimination game type. That's just me. Um, but. Another thing that's that that we that I wanted to talk about real quick was how do you now that we've had some more time with the update and I'm talking about the update with regards to um, balance issues with 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 warlocks hunters titans and the guns um, it's almost been almost a month and a half um, with that update how do you feel the update has been going so far with regards to snipers, shotguns, all that stuff? Um, well, uh, we touched on it, I think it was last week we touched on it. Um, shotguns are very prevalent right now, and I think it was, <laughs> it was kind of bad in a way because shotguns are in a very good place for shotguns. If you get a high range roll shotgun, which is something I still think should not exist, I don't think you should have range finder and stuff on shotguns, then they're very, very good. And the fact that we played Supremacy, which was a game mode that favored shotgun play because you'd you'd then be on top of someone picking up crests, um, it kind of showed people how good shotguns can be and gave them the chance to use them. So now they've kind of creeped their way into the being the dominant special in all game modes. And you can stop them. If you're good with a fusion rifle, you can easily stop them. Um, Sidearms are good for stopping them. The Trespasser, which Zer is selling right now, Actually, he's not anymore. It's Sunday. Never mind. He was selling it, and if you didn't pick it up, I'm very sorry. The Trespasser is an awesome sidearm for stopping shotguns. Um, they can be stopped, but they're very prevalent right now. Snipers, I mean, they don't feel bad. Um, I'm starting to get used to the flinch a lot more. I can, I'm starting to be able to easily hit those recovery shots when I'm being shot still, but it, it's very obvious that you're getting flinch, which is awesome. Um, like we've said on the show before, though, we are big advocates of the take you out of scope if you get hit. Um, but uh, they, they feel good. Primaries still feel good. They didn't get touched that much, and it still kind of feels like an overall balanced meta. The classes feel pretty balanced besides uh, Shinobu's Vow skip grenades are really annoying. That's the one thing. There are two things I'd say they need to touch with classes. One, Shinobu's Vow skip grenades. Um, skip grenades just track way too long and do a little bit too much damage, in my opinion. 
and um the warlock melee thunderstrike has so much range you can actually outrange these obnoxious range shotguns with a thunderstrike which is it's a melee it's not a distance attack so uh it just See, I'm I'm actually okay with that. Um, my problem with the Thunderstrike has always been that it tracks on people. I don't mind the range. In fact, I actually encourage range because right now, there's not much reason to use a melee, uh, melee ability attack. Not so much the actual melee because if you're if you don't have the actual charge or whatever, you're just stabbing or slapping or whatever it is. But the actual melee attack itself has very little utility outside of a smoke grenade and in the very odd occasion, the throwing knife in PVE. PVP, I mean, even throwing knives, they're, they're, it's, it's, you have to be very, very precise with them. And at that point, you're better off using your actual gun. So there, there's certain spots for melees and unfortunately there's not much enough of the spot warlock uh thunderstrike melees are the only situation where you know that's a pretty strong ability and 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 it feels more of a finishing off move than anything i I want them to do something with melees i'm just i've always been afraid of balance but at the same time i also want there to be utility i don't want it to be useless like for example the Titan melees, the melee abilities, for the most part, are completely useless. Unless you but, use the um, Sunstrike melee and make it regenerate, and you use it on a bunch of thrall. Right, which but but not every <laughs> not every enemy is a thrall. Like I I I punch something, it burns to death, and I don't get my ability back. And the so they're they're very situational and and, and but if, for example a super I'll use a super anywhere I'll use a grenade anywhere the melee ability unless I'm I'm really thinking about it I won't use that everywhere yeah it's it's very prevalent to the fact that there are three melees that you even want to have strength for um, thunderstrike smoke grenades and throwing knives and it's all the distance melees and those are the ones that you're like okay yeah like i i can put some strength in otherwise you're just pushing into like discipline i'm i'm almost at the point where i don't want them to call it melee i kind of want them to use it to call it like a special ability and i want every single class to have a special ability with that melee i'd be okay with that be- that actually is useful and not everything has to be offensive it can also, it can be defensive it can be a movement for example, it'd be cool if for the um, Titan, I mean, this would be very, very annoying. To a shield? But no, oh. like, 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 for example, a grappling hook. <laughs> oh my god. Like, like, he has Titan Scape, he uses his grappling hook, and obviously he would and have to he get his charge. You. He would have to get his charge back for the grappling hook. But, I mean, it would give an additional reason to use that class or that ability. Well, imagine like a, a a bubble titan who could pop basically a juggernaut shield on demand. They pop it, it appears until someone destroys it. It, it would it would add add utility to the, these classes that I think is very very important. And the, the the abilities themselves, everybody knows what the grenades are, but the the actual melee abilities they're not that 
for the most part, they're not that useful. But you can't think of fun ones for all everybody. <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, yes, I can. The the, the warlock ones are, is, is cool. The, the using lightning, I, I'm okay with that. If it actually, you know, like for example, you, you had the full melee charge and you could actually strike out with lightning at a certain distance, like that would be cool. Well, the warlock ones all kind of have a utility if you think about it, because you have the lightning that's an insane distance. You have um, life steal that you can use, so you get health back. And then you have overshield, flame shield from right, the other but, one. Right, but the flame shield and the and the the void walker, they're very similar in that they don't have anything additional be- besides what they give you. It's just a regular melee attack. It's not an actual, for example, distance attack or you know create a shield or something like that. It, it, it's very lazy. <laughs> if that's not really the word I want to use. Like the thunder, the, the thunder strike is really cool because you get distance with it. It's a ranged attack, but whereas the other ones, yes, there is a little bit of a range because warlocks are OP. No, I'm just joking, not really. But anyway, um, but <laughs> but it, it's it's just a modified version of the melee. There's nothing additional besides that. You obviously get the ability that that it, from a kill or whatever. But it's just a modified version of a melee rather than the Thunderstrike, which is an actual ranged attack. Or the Throwing Knife, which is a ranged attack. Or the Smoke Grenade, which it is a ranged attack. Or it can be used to make people invisible. Like, there's there's different utilities for that that they didn't think of, say, for example, for any of the Titans or the other melees. So basically what we're saying, and to sum this up, is... A cool idea would be to replace melee abilities with an a second ability. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, because melees are also very situational versus a grenade, like you said, that can be used in any situation. Um, it almost becomes like just make it so we have a melee that's always there. Uh, you might have to. Hey, I mean, you wouldn't have to change the button. You could use the same button because then, if you're up close, it triggers your melee. Yeah, and then otherwise it triggers your ability. Mm, it'd be it'd be weird. I mean, I, I understand why they just like melee abilities, but yeah, doing something else with it could be fun. Or even adding another button, another ability. Who knows? All right, and with that, was there anything else uh, you wanted to talk about for this week, David? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we got all we needed to say this week. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and wrap this bad boy up? Well, we would want to thank you all for listening to In Orbit, let you know we're available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure to spread the word. We're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, Google Play Music, Overcast for iOS, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Cast, and we also have an RSS feed, and the link is available on www.mashthosebuttons.com. Make sure to also check us or check out the other shows on Master's Buttons Network while you're there. We have Double Tap, our podcast dedicated to fighting games and the fighting game community, released bi-weekly on Wednesdays. Wow Talk, our podcast dedicated to World of Warcraft, released bi-weekly on Tuesdays. Watchpoint Radio, our podcast dedicated to Overwatch, available weekly on Wednesdays. SitRep Radio, our podcast dedicated to The Division, released weekly on Wednesdays. Frontline Radio, our podcast dedicated to Battlefield and Battlefront, once a month on the third week of the month. And of course, we are in orbit, your resource for Destiny news and commentary, now available weekly 
on Mondays. For any questions regarding scheduling, check mashthosebuttons.com schedule for all scheduling details. You can check us out on twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mashthosebuttons, youtube.com slash mashthosebuttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore Bolt or streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DS Bolt. No spaces, no underscores. And you can, of course, find me on all the places at GoToNRG. That's G-O, the number two, N-R-G. If you want to contact us with any questions, please make sure to send us an email at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. And again, we ask that you please go rate us, subscribe, leave comments, join in the conversation in all the places such as iTunes, SoundCloud, and whatnot. Those comments and those reviews really, really help out the show. And we thank anybody who's taken the time to leave some reviews and stuff. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and controls, points and directs, shapes and forms. I may not enjoy what lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in the past is my prologue. What is in the future is my destiny. And on behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jared in the back, and me, of course, Jorge, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Here's what's coming up this week on Mash Those Buttons. On Monday, October 17th, Jorge and David bring you the latest in Destiny on In Orbit, talking about changes to maximum light level, updates to loot light, and the future of Destiny with Destiny 2. On Tuesday, October 18th, Nick, Ray, Jeremy, and Eric talk World of Warcraft on WoW Talk. They talk about Patch 7.1, Tom Chilton's departure, and subscription numbers that were possibly leaked. On Wednesday, October 19th, Jarrett, Mikey, and Bond bring you the latest in Overwatch and its community on Watchpoint Radio. They talk about how Blizzard is handling their console community, the problem with sticking to the meta, and debate the difficulty of hybrid maps. On Friday, October 21st, Mike, Rob, and Luke bring you SitRep Radio, talking the latest in the division and the state of the game. To find more information on all of our shows, go to mashthosebuttons.com slash shows. And to see our full podcast schedule, visit mashthosebuttons.com slash schedule.